This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Good morning, folks. Hope you are having a great Thursday morning. We've got a wonderful show lined up for you today. We'll visit with Ron Fauche, political analyst and publisher of Lunchtime Politics. We'll look at some of the most recent polls saying that President Trump has a huge lead among GOP presidential candidates, despite not participating in any debates. Some of the head-to-head polls against Joe Biden, the president, uh, he's ahead as well. We just recently had elections on Tuesday. Republicans did not fare well. We'll try to draw uh, whatever distinctions uh, can be uh, from what's happening on some issues as opposed to other issues. Uh, in the 11 o'clock hour, Tan Trunk, WWL multimedia journalist. Uh, I listened to the podcast last night. I loved it because this Thanksgiving ball boy, it is incredible. It is a beautiful thing. He'll sit down with the folks from Parkway Bakery. You're going to love to hear the backstory to this. Uh, great job by Ton. Once again, we'll visit with him in the 11 o'clock hour. In the back half of the 10 o'clock hour, Congressman Garrett Graves joins us. He's pressing for a hearing on his bill to eliminate the Social Security penalty for government retirees like teachers, firefighters, law enforcement, EMS, and others that take a deduction on their Social Security benefit if they, in fact, uh, work the requisite years. It could be as little as 7, 10, 12, or whatever uh, to generate what um, a smaller pension. If they do, they take a deduction on Social Security, even if you get to a full pension. Never could figure out why you go out and employ yourself in another job and you know, all of a sudden, you're, that's being held against you. You've been making the payments to Social Security like everyone else. You meet the minimum requirements. So it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. Joining us on the line, Austin Badon, uh First City Court Clerk, Civil District uh, Court. Um, and uh, he was one of the individuals, uh, actually he was the former New Orleans uh, uh, clerk of First City Court, excuse me, but he was assigned to the New Orleans Committee by Governor-elect Jeff Landry, and they had their first meeting yesterday, and he joins us. Austin, welcome to the show. Hey, Lou. Always good to be with you, my friend. So, Austin, um, how, how did this come about with your appointment to the New Orleans Committee? Well, uh, as you say, I am the former clerk, so I'm a recovering politician. And uh, <laughs> how's that? How's that going, brother? <laughs> uh, life is good. I got to admit, you know, my wife and son love having me home. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I, I when the governor's race was coming about, I started doing my homework and I looked at the candidates and I called Jeff and I, I asked for a one on one meeting. 
and uh, I was granted that meeting way back in April. And I will tell you, I was very impressed. And, um, you know, I want the best person in there for the job. I don't necessarily vote along party lines anymore because, you know, we're all Louisianians and we want the best thing and we need the best people to be able to serve us. And uh, he asked me two questions. He said, how is the city of New Orleans doing? And I answered, I said, well, we're doing okay. You know, we're struggling in some parts, but some things we're doing well. And he asked me specifically about my community, New Orleans East. And, you know, I said, we, we, you know, we have a lot of good people. We, there are things that we need and uh, desire and deserve. And, um, you know, he had some familiarity with New Orleans East. I was impressed by that. So I, uh, I said, this is the guy that I want to, you know, uh, hook up with. And uh, I'm glad that I did. He is a wonderful person. His wife is delightful. He's uh, a great guy. He's a good listener. He's a talker. And, you know, he's um, he's a person that you want to sit across the table with. And we got to know each other. And I got on board his team, and I'm glad that I did, and I helped with his campaign. And I was uh, honored to receive an invitation to serve on the Orleans Council for the Transition Team. And I'm on there with approximately 25 to 26 other people. We had our first meeting of three yesterday, and we hit the ground running. Our chair is Boise Bollinger, uh, you know, longtime shipbuilder and very well-respected person in the New Orleans area. And, uh, you know, we, we had a lot of good dialogue. We are tasked with coming up, coming up with uh, suggestions and things to be able to offer to the new governor so he could hit the ground running on day one, January 8th. Uh, It is a working process. And obviously the main thing that we started to talk about yesterday was crime. And, um, you know, so everybody had a lot of different opinions. And um, there's been some criticism i guess for lack of a better word uh, about the makeup of the committee and whether or not there should have been more representation uh, from city government the go- the governor elect has responded uh, and i think his response was spot on uh, there's there will be plenty of time to meet i'm just trying to uh, get information from folks that have been in the trenches in the city of new orleans for a long time uh, collect that data, look at it, decipher it, try and figure out what I can from it, and then get the reaction from city officials. Do you see it any different than that? You know, I'll be honest with you, my friend. The only people asking me that question is people in the media. Uh, the regular person on the street, that's not a big deal to them. The governor can't have a committee made up of 200 people. And so, right. uh, you know, having this microcosm of the community to be able to offer him suggestions. I think it's a good thing. It's an asset that New Orleans is viewed as being the economic engine for the state of Louisiana and having our own council. And, uh, you know, the people that are on there, they're not there to be to waste their time. This is not a, a, a grandstanding type of thing. We're there to do some serious work. And the governor, he came by yesterday, gave us some great remarks. And uh, he charged us with a task to be able to give him some suggestions. And we take it very seriously. And there's some, there's some top-level people in that room, and they're not there to waste their time. We're there to make some things happen and bring about some positive change for the city. 
as well as what all of the other committees are doing. We're there to come up with some short-term and some long-term solutions to some problems that the city of New Orleans has to deal with. And uh, we take it very seriously, and that's what we're charged with doing. Yeah, I mean, and this is not a, um, uh, a committee trying to come up with a silver bullet because there is no such animal, right? There isn't. You know, and, and that term actually came up yesterday. There is no such such animal. I mean, we're all in this together. As New Orleans goes, so does the rest of Louisiana. When when some guy is watching the Saints and he says, let's go to Louisiana, he's not talking about going to Alexandria. He's talking about coming to the French Quarter and New Orleans. And the rest of the state uh, benefits from that because of the tax dollars that are brought in from that individual coming here. And so we want to make New Orleans, we're trying to come up with ideas to make New Orleans a clean, safe, and beautiful city. You know, but in the short term, we, we need help. We need, we need people to do the right thing and be responsible, such as don't throw stuff out of the window of your car, uh, cigarette butts or trash. Don't throw that out. Stop running red lights and stop signs. And we need, we need parents to take care of their children. I've always said if you lay down and make a child, you got to stand up and raise that child. And parents need to be held more accountable for the actions of their kids as far as juvenile crime. We hold parents more accountable if they leave their kids in a car and go into Walmart as opposed to if they leave their kid out in the street with a long gun shooting a woman on Morrison Road. I mean, you know, Parents have to be more accountable for their kids. I know where my kid is every second of the day and what he's doing. We can't let these children run amok with guns harboring people. And parents need to step up. That would help tremendously in the long, I mean, in the short term. I'm going to read this text to you only because every time I've talked about this since I've come on, you know, look, you, you align yourself with some folks, you support others, uh, but once someone's elected, my view is you give that individual a chance, you, um, you hit what right. you, you, you try and, and help in any way that you can in order for things to get better. Because without right. it getting better, every single investment we've made in this community goes by the wayside, right? We lose money. We, you know, we, we should all be selfishly motivated at some, at some, uh, level about why why we come to the table and why we're trying to make a difference because we've all invested in this in in this city time money or otherwise but i get these texts like almost every time and it reads as follows the black citizens of new orleans and all over the state are in big trouble we will all be seen as criminals by the new governor and his clan now you're a black man on this committee did you feel that way not at all. Um, I, I never got any impression of race or gender or uh, social or economic background or in, in demographics. You know, when I first met with, with uh, Jeff Landry, he basically said that everybody is equal. And I remember we had a meeting and um, someone asked for uh, if he's governor to get some more resources for their organization. And his response to them was, I believe that everybody is equal. 
And if I take from one to give to another, that's not fair. Everybody should have uh, a safe and clean community and neighborhood and be equally protected. Uh, and I, that spoke volumes to me. I've never encountered any type of racial undertones or anything like that with the governor. And uh, uh, if I did, I wouldn't be there. And, you know, I, I believe the guy, he looked this individual in the eye and he was he was sincere about it. I mean, we can have our political differences, right? But it doesn't necessarily mean that this uh, these differences are driven by some kind of uh, bias, discriminatory intent or otherwise, right? I mean, he's a conservative. Yeah. Um, you may lean more moderate to liberal. I'm fiscally conservative, socially moderate. I mean, we comes in, we come in all different shapes, sizes, ideologies. Um, there are a lot on the far right that want to call me a rhino. That's okay. I don't really care. Um, you know, as a, as a Republican, I just have my own belief system based on my own life experiences. And, we you know, have a lot in common. I'm a UNO grad. I'm fiscally conservative. Well, you and I have known each other for years, right? I mean, I trust you. You trust me. We've had political yeah. differences. Who gives a damn? So what? <laughs> I mean, you know, it's like... <laughs> Right. You know, and people talk about us and I could tell you they people have criticized me for being a Democrat supporting a Republican governor. I, I don't care about that. That I'm like a duck. That washes right off my back. Uh not a not a big deal to me. You know, you're gonna have the naysayers out there. It's the strangest thing though, because I had people who really talked about me and for whatever reason they didn't care for me. But then they're calling me, asking me to help them get on the transition team. (laughs) 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 It was unbelievable. Politics has strange bedfellows, my friend. You should know that by now. (laughs) Oh, I I do know that. Absolutely. Yeah. But, you know, the other part about what you mentioned is that when somebody's elected, they're in. And, I mean, you have to work with them. So it's not like you could just get them out. So they're there. But I can tell you, Jeff, Jeff has been really genuine and uh, really good with me and everybody else that I've seen since I've been uh, working with him and in his company. And uh, I, I think he's going to do well as governor. And, uh, you know, he, he's got a good heart and he, he wants to represent all people, not any one specific group. You know, I often say you campaign in poetry and you govern in prose. And once you get in and you have a better understanding of how things functionally work and operationally work, it's a lot more difficult to accomplish the po- the, the poetry that you put out there on the campaign trail, right? You've seen it. Yeah, you've experienced. I have uh, as well. It, however, doesn't mean that there's any less desire to do it. Uh, now, where the rubber meets the road is going to be whether or not these are going to be priority items. And, yeah, there's going to be some fallout. People are not going to get all that they want, ever. I've never had. <laughs> you know? right. So, I mean, right. you know, if, if you go in with the right attitude, and, and the right attitude needs to start with the public has spoken, they've elected a new governor, we have to take a wait and see and see exactly what's going to play out. Um, and and give, give, the him, give them the benefit of the doubt at this point in time until he proves otherwise, right? I mean, exactly. you know, and we, he, there's no sense in fighting from today. I've been a little – it's been mystifying to me how 
aggressive people have been about this committee. Um, and it and it's not like the folks in this committee haven't sacrificed time, money, and otherwise for the betterment of the city. Yes, you create some folks that you're not aligned with. Let's just say they're they're political enemies. Anytime you make decisions, so you're 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 upsetting fifty percent of the people, right? When you exactly. make no decision, yeah. you know, I mean, hundred percent are hating you, but at least you're deciding. I mean, and so it doesn't Rouge, surprise gave, me. When I was in Baton Rouge, they gave us two buttons, a red button and a green button. And if you press one, you mm-hmm. make 50% of the people happy, and 50% of the people are ticked off at you. So, it, you know, it is what it is. But yesterday when we had our meeting, there were people in there from different backgrounds, and nobody talked about, like, Republican or Democrat or black, white or straight or gay. I mean, we all want the same thing. We all want a, a beautiful and clean city. Uh, but this committee has gone to, I guess, the most attention of all of them simply because it's about Orleans Parish. And I think it's an it's a credit to the governor and it's an asset for the city that, you know, the governor has said, we, we've got to fix some things in Orleans so, you know, Orleans can prosper as well as the rest of the state. And one other thing that came about is uh, we spoke about this on a number of occasions that the governor will not instill his will on Orleans Parish or any municipality if the people don't want it. If there's something that comes up, he's not going to force feed it to Orleans Parish if the people don't want it. He's there to help. He's got resources through state agencies, uh, and he wants to make those agencies readily available to uh, make New Orleans better. But I tell you what will happen, Austin, and you know this to be true. If there are resources that are offered to us down here and we reject them, you can bet your bottom dollar someone else will receive them. Absolutely. And you're not going to get two bites of the apple. So it's really going to beg upon this community to get real smart about when they say no. Because when they say no, someone else is standing right behind them ready, willing, and able to say yes. And they will consume those assets and resources, and there will be no other bite at the apple. I can tell you Baton Rouge is chomping at the bit, Shreveport, Lake Charles, Monroe. Uh, I've talked to some folks that they wish they had a council because they have uh, issues similar to Orleans Parish, and if we turn them down, then they're readily and waiting to accept. So, well, Austin, um, thank you so much for joining us. I mean, I know that, you know, there are a ton of other questions I could ask, but out of deference and respect to you and the committee, you know, I know that y'all are just kind of feeling your way, and, and, you know, we'll talk more probative maybe later on about some of the uh, recommendations and the like, and and, uh, I just don't think it's fair to try and put anybody on the spot right now. Um, You know, if we really want this to work and and work appropriately, I think there has to be some space given, and I respect that. Well, I appreciate you saying that, and it's true. We are charged to come up with suggestions for the governor. We've got to give him a chance until he proves otherwise. But, you know, he, he's there. We've got to give him a chance. And I believe that he's got the best wishes in his heart to make Louisiana better. 
But I also wanted to tell you a little bit about the New Orleans fire. We have two more pumps coming today. We are putting a significant dent in it. I was out there late yesterday. Uh, the smoke has decreased, and we are pumping thousands of gallons of water uh, onto that site to, dr- to try to drown this fire as soon as possible. That is good news, my friend, for sure, because it's really created a hazard for many of our drivers uh, out there. And uh, so we appreciate saying thank you so much for joining us. Austin Bad on former first city court clerk now on the New Orleans uh, committee of governor elect Jeff Landry's transition team. We will be right back, folks. 504-260-1870 on the Oakland Art Jewelers talk and text line. We'll visit with Congressman Garrett Graves about a bill that he's pressing at the present time for a hearing. We'll talk about that when we return. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with h track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Welcome back, folks. On the text line, uh, folks, I guess, challenging uh, me that I talk about this culture of noncompliance. It has existed for decades, and there's no, um, don't know that word is broken up. Uh, you constantly, you know, I see you, you, it has existed for decades, and there's no sign of change in the future. So explain how we are going to get this to happen. Well, it's very simple, folks, through compliance, through regulatory oversight, through making sure that people are doing the right things for our community. So let's just talk about the people that are pulling wagons down Bourbon Street, selling hard alcohol out of that. It's a moving bar, right? Well, that individual does not have an ABO license, does not have a sales tax license, does not have an occupational license tax, 
and is not authorized to sell alcohol because they don't have that appropriate license either. So the way that you do that is you stop these individuals, you ask them for their requisite licenses, and when they can't produce their licenses, because you're not allowed to sell alcohol in the street, and you don't have a permit from the city to do so, you seize their alcohol. You take it. And then you go from there, and you charge them, and you go to whatever court's the appropriate court, and you have them pay the fines that are necessary to pay back the city and others who have expended dollars in order to involve themselves in this regulatory process to bring about compliance. And, and you do it over and over and over again. I right, just want to get, uh, quickly answer that question. We have Congressman Garrett Graves now joining us. Uh, Garrett, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Sheriff. Appreciate it. Garrett, things have been a little crazy up there in D.C., so this might be an easy topic to talk about, but a very important one for sure. <laughs> I understand that you're pressing for a hearing on a bill to eliminate the Social Security penalty for government retirees. Tell us about that. Yeah, and uh, first of all, just to clarify, things haven't been a little crazy up here. They've been a lot crazy up here. But, uh, <laughs> but, but, but in regard to that legislation, we're really excited about it. Louisiana is one of the most impacted states in the country from this, this really crazy, punitive policy that was put in place back in the late 1970s and early 1980s. And, and what it did is it, it, it literally cut Social Security benefits for people like firefighters, police officers, uh, EMS, teachers, uh, public servants, people that maybe work for a, a state government agency or something along those lines. And, and, and it literally cut their Social Security benefits in a way that, that discriminates against that type of public service. And so, you know, I heard you talking about um, enforcing laws and compliance. And look, we all know our, our law enforcement officers are underpaid, they're underappreciated, they're overworked. And and as are our teachers and others. And so if you're going to further penalize them by cutting their retirement benefits, um, it, it just doesn't make sense. And so this was a policy, I'll say it again, late 1970s, early 1980s. It was designed to correct uh, uh, perhaps an overpayment. But what they did is they went too far in the other direction. And so now either these public workers or their spouses, Social Security benefits are cut. We have bill a bill to fix that. Our bill right now in this contentious partisan environment has 300 bipartisan co-sponsors. It's the third most of any bill in Congress right now. And we are going to have a hearing, which is the first step on this process, um, on November 20th, which is the Monday of Thanksgiving week in Louisiana, uh, to begin uh, starting to move forward and, and hopefully solve this 40-plus-year-old problem. Yeah, it's just kind of interesting that uh, a lot of people work more than one job. They work in the public sector. They work in the private sector. They pay into the system. It's not like they didn't meet all of the minimum requirements as it relates to contributions. But for some reason, they were penalized because actually they worked more. That, that's that's exactly right. So here's a, here's a real-world scenario. So, so let's say that um, – Let's say that, that you and I were both teachers and we both worked in the, uh, in the Orleans public school system. And we, we, we both did that for 20 years. And we got paid the same amount of money. We worked the same dates. 
And then something happened, and, and I quit, and I, I just went and started taking care of family. You quit the public school system, but you went to go work at St. Paul's um, because you couldn't get a job anywhere else. I'm just kidding, St. Paul's. Um, but, but seriously, you went to go work at St. Paul's, and you taught there, and you did that for 10 years. Well, whenever, whenever you go to retire, um, it, it, you would end up – I, I I actually screwed that scenario up. Let me flip it over. Sorry about that, Sheriff. So, so we both worked at St. Paul's for 20 years. So we're both paying into the Social Security system. We're both teachers, same pay, same number of days, and everything else. Well, then I quit, and I go help family. You quit, and you go work for the New Orleans public school system. And, and so whenever you go to retire, even though you and I have taught same dates, we made the exact same amount of money, we paid the exact same in the Social Security Trust Fund. I'm going to make up numbers here, but, but my Social Security benefit may be $1,200 a month, and yours may only be 700 And so you're literally cut. You're literally cut because you then chose to go work for the public school system. So it's the same scenario if you were a security guard and then a police officer, same scenario if you were a private engineer then went to go work for the uh, the state's coastal agency or what have you. Yeah, and then in some cases you are faced with mandatory retirement ages uh, where you still have a lot of years left. The reverse can be true to the example that you just gave, and you go back out into the private sector and make money, same thing would apply you would have to take a deduction for all those years that you ended up contributing to the to social security which doesn't make any sense either Um, no it's it's a perverse incentive that's in place now and i and i can't say it enough look there there's some people that that, particularly in the federal government that i'd love to cut their salary but this uh this does not does not affect that this is all about local and state governments this is about punishing people um, who, who chose public service, uh, punishing people who chose to put their lives on the line to protect our communities, uh, punishing people who chose to take that lower salary but to help train that next generation by being teachers. I mean, this is just the wrong thing to do. So I'm excited this bill, after 40-plus years, is getting the attention it deserves. We're going to keep pushing it, but having strong bipartisan uh, co-sponsors on it is great, and, and, and it's important to note that every member of Louisiana's delegation, Republican and Democrat, we're, we're all co-sponsors of the bill, um, so we have united support from our state, and um, and, and just excited that, that we, we, we may be on a trajectory to finally solve this 40-plus-year-old problem where the government effectively has been stealing money from uh, retirees uh, by charging them taxes under Social Security but not actually giving them the requisite benefits. Yeah, I mean, that's always the way I viewed it because uh, I've looked at it any which way from Sunday and, and could never figure out a legal justification for what they were doing. And, I went, and when I was sheriff, a lot of people that would retire would come and say, I had no idea the federal government was going to do this to me. You know, I, I worked... Well, uh, from the time I was in, you know, I had one guy, he said, I worked for all through my high school years, uh, through school, through college, before I ever came to work for the JPSO. And now I'm being punished for it because I don't understand. Well, and, and that's the thing that's most concerning is the number of people that will call us, just like you mentioned. They may have, have uh, determined a, a, a retirement date based upon them being treated fairly by Social Security, and they go and retire, whether it's be from the sheriff's office or somewhere else. They go and retire only to learn 
that their projected retirement benefits were not going to be paid. And so we've had people that have suddenly had to go get second jobs or go get another job in retirement uh, in order to make ends meet. And, and that's just not fair. It's not right. And if, if we need to be, you know, disincentivizing work for anyone, it's certainly not these people that are putting their lives on the line like our law enforcement officers uh, that's just the wrong thing to do. And so, the, 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 as I mentioned at the, at the onset, Louisiana is one of the most impacted states in the country by this policy, meaning we have more, a higher percentage of people that are having their benefits cut by Social Security because of their decision to do public service. And, um, and, and so we certainly need to get this fixed for our people. But there are people in all 50 states that are adversely affected by this 40-plus-year-old policy. I know that uh, bills can tend to meander through multiple paths and get diverted in this. You feel good about this one? I, I, I want to set expectations. Look, you know, I've, I've mentioned a few times this has been going on for for forty plus years, and if this was easy, it would have been done a long time ago. We've had members of our delegation in other states that have been pushing this for decades, and they haven't been able to get any traction. Um, the fact that we are the third most co-sponsored bill in the Congress is a big deal. The most co-sponsors this bill has ever had is three hundred and five, and that was after two years two solid years of recruiting co-sponsors. Right now we're at 300, and the bill's been out there for less than a year. So we're in record territory right now, but we've got to keep the momentum up. The reason we have a hearing is because I've been at the committee's one-yard line and telling them, hey, I've got 300 co-sponsors. You can't ignore me. There, there are um, rules of the House that we can use to force action on the bill. Of course, I don't want to do that right now. I want to keep trying the carrot approach, which is why uh, we're going to do this hearing and see if we can work through some of the challenges, help to educate the committee members on why this is needed um, and the injustice that's been carried out on this uh, this group of folks for, for decades now, and then hopefully uh, begin moving toward a path where we can actually make the changes. Uh, Sheriff, I think that, um, that, that the best path is probably going to be on a larger Social Security or retirement bill, but just to give you one little nugget here, um, last year, they, the, uh, Congress put $84 billion into bailing out private private pensions that were mismanaged. That, don't, don't even and, get me In this story. case, this is public. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, and, and for their own, and, and they find themselves down and out because of their own stupidity. They were not good stewards, uh, you know, of that money. Investing Amen. in stuff that that people would not in their wildest dreams would have invested in, but they did. Amen. And, so and, and it, you're and, rewarding and, bad behavior, and then the people yeah. who didn't deserve this are the ones that are being penalized under this Social Security scenario. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for your effort relative to this bill. I know all of the uh, public employees uh, throughout the states uh, are appreciative of this endeavor. It's something that is top of mind for everyone. There is one other top of mind issue that's uh, popping up on my screen. Uh, People want to stay on daylight savings time. Uh, Garrett, <laughs> I want to know. I want to know if you introduce that bill. <laughs> we, we, we hear about it a lot. The Senate's actually moved it, and 
uh, I, I think that there is growing support and interest for doing it in the House. But just the one little technical thing is just making sure that we thought through before we do it what computer systems and other types of fixes are we going to need to do ahead of time just so we don't wreak havoc. But I think there's definitely growing support for it. I wouldn't be surprised to see action on this in the future because uh, people are getting increasingly frustrated. Absolutely. <laughs> Not to throw you a curveball, but I keep getting those texts. All good. All good. Thank, thank you so much for joining us. Truly appreciate your time and your insight. Thank you, sir. You bet. Thanks, Sheriff. All right. Congressman Garrett Graves uh, from the state of Louisiana will be right back. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back, folks. So before we hopped on with uh, Garrett Graves, we're talking about this culture of noncompliance. And I'll talk a little bit more about this in the back half of the 11 o'clock hour after we visit with Tan Trung in his uh, podcast on the Parkway Bakery Thanksgiving Poor Boy, uh, which was making me hungry just thinking about it uh, because it is important and there are a lot of things that can be done relative to compliance and uh, but you got to stay on top of it it's not a once a month kind of gig you got to set the priorities you got to figure out what the strategy is going to be you got to be able to fund it you got to be able to equip it and you got to be very deliberate in your approach you will recall that um the airline highway hotels where we had prostitutes and drug dealing going on and some of these uh, rundown facilities uh, had been a drag on on the redevelopment of airline highway now called airline drive for a long time well we started making cases and things like that and we recognized that they were shirking on sales taxes they had impeccable records much to their chagrin and we were able to show that they had not forwarded the right amount of sales tax for a long, long period of time. We began assessing them, these dollars. They couldn't pay. And under that law, we seized those assets for satisfaction of the debt that was owed to you, the taxpayers, because I'm just the fiduciary. This is your money. And that's what we did. So there's any number of ways of doing this. You just got to be serious about it. Um, you have to get after it. You got to stay on top of it. You have to understand what it is that you're trying to accomplish. And quite frankly, we had a very open and transparent process with the hotel owners. They knew exactly what we were doing and why. So there was no big secrets, and it wasn't even really that confrontational. They failed in their obligation. We just pointed it out in a very overt way and made, him, made it clear to him as to what the process was going to be and what we intended to do. And we went about doing it, and we got it accomplished in a relatively short period of time. And most people that live in those areas will tell you, thank you, thank you, thank you. It turned it around, and it set off development 
that's better. It can always get better, but it's cleaner today, especially the ones right next to a Catholic school. That's how you go about taking care of business. There are any number of tools, just making them play by the rules. We'll be right back. Folks, when we come back after the top of the news break, we'll visit with Tan Trung, WWL Multimedia Journalist. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 